Hey everyone, welcome to episode 29 of the How To Gurus. I am your host, Tiffany, and in this episode, you are going to hear your other host, Craig, and I talk about how to care less. Now that might seem mean, so listen up. We don't mean care less about other people and care only about yourself. If you listen to what we're saying, we're talking about how do we care less about other people's opinions of us? How do we get over that fear, that worry, that frustration that we can't control what other people think about what we do or how we act? What we can control is ourselves. We had another episode about how to control your controllables, and this is kind of one of those things. Like We sometimes just have to care less what other people think of us when we know we are doing the right thing. So when we're living our life the right way, when we're trying to be our best self, it really shouldn't matter to us what other people think, but that can be challenging. So listen up to how Craig and I talk about how we care less. Now on to the show. Hey, Tiff. Hi, Craig. How's it going? It's going okay. Pretty good. How's it going for you? Good. I'm sitting here with a tens unit <laughs> on my leg. I wasn't gonna say anything, but what Why? you got going on there? Let's let the people hear. I don't know if you can hear it in the podcast. Oh, little oh, feedback. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that is I've, electronic signals going through your body. I was getting all connected to this tens unit, and when I sat down, Craig was like, "Put that back up by the microphone," and we realized it was sending the electronic current through the microphone. But and now that electronic current's going through your body. Mm-hmm. Just this one little side. Yeah. So in a few episodes back, I mentioned that I had hurt my hip, and I was icing my hip during that episode. Mm-hmm. Well, it's still not better. And actually, a friend of mine who is a friend of mine since childhood, and she listens to our podcast, she actually texted me and was like, I just listened to the episode about <laughs> where you were icing your hip, and I've been worried about you. Are you okay? <laughs> So Just your old granny hip. Julie, no, it's not any better. Uh, so Craig is interested in things like that, like physical therapy. and. I was going to say, you're going to have to explain that a little bit more. Craig's interested, <laughs> interested. in granny hips. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little No, weird. we have always joked that I have granny hips, like for years, because they pop and I'll get weird cramps in my hips, and especially this right one, which is the one that's causing the problem. Yeah. But several weeks ago, probably even like, three months ago I feel like it was at the end of summer like right when the kids were going back to school at some point I just kept having pain in my hip that just yeah was just kind of intermittent and then it started radiating down my leg and it's just not getting any better and I've been trying to ice it when I remember but that's really the only thing I've been doing is icing it so we started this TENS unit that your parents were nice enough to get you when your back was hurting one time And it seems to be helping, but not like an immediate help. Well, it's just a temporary pain reliever. Right. And the good news is I'm not in a lot of pain. It's very situational. Yeah. Like sitting in church is painful when we were sitting in the movie theater not too long ago. Like I just have a hard time staying in one position. Sitting at my desk at work, I don't have any trouble, but I'm up and down a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think I sit forward, whereas like in church, I sit back. Driving can sometimes hurt, yeah. Um, but I'm not usually doing that for very long. So anyway, Craig started doing a lot of research because 
I don't know. Are you tired of me complaining or do you feel bad for me? <laughs> no, I just, I, I like that kind of thing. I like yeah. being able to research. He said if it didn't cost hundreds of thousands of dollars and take years off your life, he would have maybe gone to physical therapy school because he is interested in like massage therapy, physical therapy. Yeah. There was a while there. I told you, you should look into being a massage therapist because you're really good at it. Yeah. When you can be massages, it's, it's like you've been trained, like, you know, pressure points Easy, keep and this stuff. PG-13. <laughs> PG-13. That is PG-13. Oh, you okay. just took it to another place. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, he knows like the different pressure points and different techniques and stuff just from where he worked at a health food store when he was in college. They had a therapist there, a licensed massage therapist. Yeah. and I've had to have a lot of work done on me. And Craig has had a lot of physical therapy for <laughs> yeah. various things. So anyway, he started doing some research and he has diagnosed me with <laughs> IT band with the diagnosis <laughs> word. I did not say that that was my diagnosis. I said, this is my thought. Yes. That is possibly an IT band syndrome. Yes. And when he told me all of the symptoms and signs of it, I am in agreement. I have pretty much all of them except for knee pain, which is the most prominent one from what I've read. But I don't really have that. So you have a lot of knee popping. But I do have a lot of knee popping, and and that is a symptomious. But the radiating pain, because it will radiate. It's mostly localized, like my hip and upper thigh, but it certain ways I sit, and when it's really bothering me, it radiates down into my ankle, and that is definitely a symptom. I didn't diagnose you. I just (laughs) said this is what we need to try because it's just some stretches, some strength, you know, exercises, Mm -hmm. things that we can try to see if it'll help alleviate it. Right. I'm going to take a break from running, and I'm going to take a break from doing any workouts that include squats or lunges especially lunges and it does hurt when I do lunges and I told Craig that I said well that does make sense because lunges are probably the most painful thing for me right now but I've also just kind of been one of those things like I just need to fight through the pain like I just have a weak muscle or something over there no and I think in this case it wasn't so I'm just kind of restructure things dial it back we went for a walk tonight Mm -hmm. walking's fine um trying to do like core exercises glute exercises I can still do all the upper body stuff So I just got to kind of pivot my brain into doing that because lower body is my favorite. (laughs) So anyway, so that's me. That's what's going on with me. Pivot from the Friends episode. Pivot. Oh, Ross was saying pivot. We just saw that episode not that long ago. Yeah. Taylor likes to watch Friends on repeat. Pivot. (laughs) So what about you? How are you feeling? Any ailments you'd like to report to the listeners? I am good. (laughs) The only ailment that I have is that you are down with that, you know. Yeah, not really. You're not down, down but I mean but that's yeah. it's just like on you. Yeah, it's a topic of conversation every day. <laughs> and your workout buddy is down. My workout buddy went down today. Yeah, we our dog broke. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> broke. <His> dog broke. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> dog did not break the dog just decided that she's having some sympathy pains evidently she for is. Tiff and has Laid I think she faked day. it all day <laughs> because seriously all she day pampered she wanted pampered and I pampered that dog all day long <laughs> and then you guys all got home this evening and the dog tears out like nothing else she ran around the yard oh yeah like she was totally fine and I couldn't get her to even barely step outside to go potty <laughs> It was crazy. She, every morning I go let her out of Taylor's room. She sleeps in our daughter's room. 
And most every morning, a lot of mornings, she's already waiting for me at the door. Some mornings she's still on the bed asleep. But as soon as she sees me and puts two and two together, she jumps up and she runs out of the room and she runs downstairs because usually we're going for a run. And even if we're not going for a run, if I'm taking the day off, then she's still excited just to be up and eat and do all these things. So this morning she opened the bedroom door and she crawled out from under the bed which is very unusual. The only time she gets under Taylor's bed is when she's scared, like from a storm or something. So she kind of sheepishly crawls out from under the bed and then just very carefully walks down the stairs. And I watched her trying to see if she was limping and I couldn't identify a problem. She went out, used the restroom in the yard like she does, came back in. And normally that's the point where she'd start following me around because she's really excited because I'm going to feed her and do all the things. And she just stood in the kitchen doorway and watched me. She didn't come follow me. She wouldn't eat. She wouldn't take her treat. I don't think she ate all day. She finally just ate tonight. Since she was faking, she feels better now. (laughs) Yet again. But I couldn't figure out. I didn't notice a limp. I pushed all over her. She didn't cry. And then you did that too. Yeah. And you did the back door trick with her. <laughs> yep. She likes, we don't use our back door very much. So if she hears that handle, she tears off. Yeah. It's like every time it's like a whole new world. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't know what's behind that it's door. Like, oh my gosh. There's a new world. <laughs> she, she didn't tear off, off this morning though when you did that, but she did. No, but she got walk energy that and way. walked that way. Yes. Yeah. So Craig let her rest all day and I think she just needed rest. She's obviously hurt a leg, a joint, something. She's almost eight years old. She's not a spring chicken. Are we talking about Lily? Stop it. <laughs> That's also been the joke, and it's not funny when you say it 20 times in a day. Oh, but I didn't say it 20 times on our podcast. You have said it a lot this evening. I didn't say it on our podcast. <laughs> okay, listen to Craig's Got Dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so both you and the dog is ailing. So yeah, We're both ailing. No, I but had she a, seems uh, to be better. I had a good day. and Things are going well. and Got to work outside some, so it was good. It's beautiful here beautiful. Yeah. in Middle Tennessee right now. These last few days, yes, it's been beautiful. So worked I'm glad out you in the garage, and it was not. I wasn't even sweating. Mm-hmm. It's like really fall. Yep. But a warmer fall right now, which is nice. Yeah, I think this week's gonna be pretty warm. Mm-hmm. But it's cold at night, or cool. So we had a request for a topic. Oh yeah. Yep. Shout out to Sarah. She said. I want you to do a podcast episode on how not to care. Not to care. <laughs> well, <laughs> I would think the first thing about not caring is just growing older. <laughs> yeah. So that I can't does wait. Help. You know, you hear all the time that, you know, the older people get the the more that they could just care less about what people think about mm-hmm. what they say, what they do, whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So the older you get, I would have to agree with that because the older I get, I don't care. Yeah, I agree with that too. Yeah. But it is a learned skill. Oh, absolutely. And I think that there's a way and to do it with kindness. I was just going to say with that. Love. Yeah. Sometimes when I think when when you're saying like, oh, when you get older, you just don't care. You, just don't care, or do yeah. you think of like crotchety no, you old gotta be, people. <laughs> yeah. And and you do get to that point. And I am like that sometimes. But for the <laughs> most <can> part, <laughs> but for the most part, yeah, you can not care about it in a sense that you know it doesn't weigh on you that oh my goodness if I say this or if I do that then somebody's going to think of this well no this mm-hmm. if that's who you are and who, mm-hmm. what you believe and you say what you believe you say what you feel and you mean what you say then no I don't care but I'm going to say it 
with kindness and care and I'm going to respect others' feelings mm-hmm. uh, to a point where I'm not going to hurt their feelings. And if I do, then there's going to be a time for apology. So. Right. But you can still have your opinion. You can still, you know, express it. Mm-hmm. But. There's a lot of my life that I was a people pleaser and I still can trend that yeah. way. It's something I have to work on. I think I really started to overcome it when I was probably in my early thirties. So I feel like this last decade, cause yeah. I'm about to be 43. I feel like this last decade, I've really come out of that in a lot of ways and learned to communicate better and make boundaries in my life and hold to those boundaries. And sometimes that upsets people yeah. that I don't just say yes to what they want me to say yes to, or that I don't just agree with them on a topic they want me to agree with. And I would say in my teens and in my twenties, I was much more quick to just go with what someone else said because I just wanted to keep the peace and I didn't want to rock the boat. And I also wanted people to like me and I didn't want to create turmoil and drama. And I also didn't want to make people feel bad. And I've, think that what my thought was then is that if I have a different opinion than you, it's going to make you feel bad because I'm not going to agree with you. And in reality, that's not a mature stance. If my opinion is different than yours, that's okay. We can disagree on topics and still be kind to one another and still be friendly to one another. And I don't have to dwell on it for days and days that I said something that you don't agree with. So, when you've had this situation mm-hmm. and when you've gone through it, what do you think is the best resolve? I think what you said, if I say something that's out of line and, and by out of line, I mean hurtful. Mm-hmm. If I say it in a rude way or in a way that could have come across rude, whether you took it yeah. rude or not, because I still think about what I said. If I have a conversation with someone and it's not the most pleasant conversation, I will think about it. later and think about how my words were, what my actions were. Like, why does this keep coming to my mind? Why is this bothering me? Is there a step I need to take like an apology or do I need to reevaluate what my thoughts are or what my opinion is if that was the discussion? So if I feel like I need to state an apology, then that's what I'll do. But then after that, I can't do anything. You know, I can apologize. And if you accept it, that is wonderful. And we can move forward in friendship or you can accept it and then still not want to talk to me. And that you're not just talking about me. No, I'm saying you, but I don't mean. That's why I was getting confused because I thought you were, you know, talking about, you know, others and just people in general. But you said you and I was like, wait a minute. You said, uh oh. No, but I mean, for you too. Yes. No, I mean, yeah, just any relationship yeah. in my life, I'll the other clarify. person. Yes. Yeah. No, the other person. Like if I, if I've, if I feel like I have potentially offended someone, it is, I believe I should go to that person and apologize. And sometimes they might say that didn't hurt my feelings. You don't have to apologize yeah. for that. Or sometimes they say, thank you for apologizing. Do you think sometimes people say stuff like that though, just to keep the peace and oh move for on. sure yeah because yeah. I have been that person sure and Absolutely. I've tried to learn over this last decade I've learned a lot about vulnerability and being authentic and truthful yeah. and like walking in light and yeah. part of walking in light is like you said being who you are right. but the best version of yourself 
because also being who you are is not an excuse to just be rude to people yeah. like, well, that's just how I am, you know, yeah. like not that, but being your best self and being your best self does not mean that I have to agree with you on everything and learning that it was a challenge for me because I like people to like me yeah. and people like you when you're like them, you know, that's just kind of the nature of relationships. We tend to draw towards people who are like us yep. and so learning that lesson, I think it, it was hard and it can still be hard because that is kind of like an innate part of who I am. Like just wanting people to like me or wanting other people to feel heard and seen. And sometimes I think if I say something in contrast to what they're saying, mm -hmm. they may not feel heard or yeah. seen. And that's hard for me, but I think I do a lot better now than I used to. Yeah. I think sometimes it's not just in our words, but a lot of times it's in our actions because, you know, we don't think about how we react. We don't think about how we are coming across or it could even be like our time. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll, you know, we won't care necessarily about a certain thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe it be an activity. Maybe it be a, even a ministry, you know, it won't be something that is our thought our vision you know what we want to do yeah and you know somebody will ask us to do something and we're like no i don't care about that you know not mm. like verbally yeah but that's what our thought process is and then even in our reaction though we might not say it verbally that i don't care about that but we portray that and we yeah. put that across so i think our reactions Mm -hmm. And our actions can be just as damaging because, you know, that other person would be like, well, gosh, I just asked them to do this or right. ask if they were willing to do that. You know, and, yeah. you know, we just because we don't think about how we react to people or or even, you know, just over committing, you know, mm -hmm. and then you've you've committed to something and your heart's not in it or you really don't care about it and you're going and doing it just to please people or to do something for you know, the sake of doing it mm -hmm. and then you're sitting there and not things aren't going well Yeah, <laughs> because you just really don't have a good attitude about it. And I think mm -hmm. our attitude can, can really play a part in our attitude is a big part because I think our attitude shows those actions. It shows those words. It does everything for whether we truly care about something or not, because we can fake it mm -hmm. all we want. But your attitude still comes out. I mean, you can't oh, yeah. fake it 100%. You've got no. something is going to come out at some point in time that you're not all in. You're not being legit. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not being real with uh, who you are and how what you're feeling in those moments with whatever you're doing, whatever that may be. But I think some of those examples that you're giving are good thoughts on how can we care less about ourselves sometimes yeah. because yeah. putting others first right yeah. putting other people and not that you have to always be on the back burner and your thoughts and feelings don't matter yeah. but we are most of us by nature are selfish oh yeah and so our first thought when someone asks us to do something or participate in an activity whatever it may be a lot of times our first thought is how does this affect me yeah or this is not something i'm interested in this is yeah, not something it's on i want to do i really wanted to do nothing <laughs> right. Or if I have to get up early uh, on the weekend or, or stay whatever. out 
in the evening after I've worked all day. There's you know, just you can keep naming it, but yeah, a lot of what yeah, like so when we're talking about how to care less, this should be this is a positive conversation. Like yeah. how do I care less about putting myself first? How do I yeah. make other people a priority? But yeah. also what I was talking about initially is how do I care less what other people think of me? Yeah. Because we do want to live in community with other people like we've talked about in a previous mm -hmm. podcast and we do need to be neighborly and care for one another, but we don't need to be in a constant state of worry about what someone thinks of us. Right. That's just unhealthy. Or to be in a constant state of frustration and anger. Yeah. Because if you stay in that constant, if you're in that constant careless attitude, yeah. careless feeling that you truly are not looking at it from a selfless standpoint and mm -hmm. you're looking at it from, I could care less about people, right. about what they think about, you know, their feelings, you know, all those kind of things. Then what you're truly portraying sometimes mm -hmm. is that you're frustrated, you're angry, you're, you know, just in a bad place mm -hmm. and if you constantly stay in that careless state mm -hmm. you're never going to get healing yeah you're never going to get you know restitution person. you're going to become bitter exactly and you're going to eventually start driving people away that you love because yeah. you do care less because <laughs> you do care less about yeah. what they think so and and you do it's have a to, tricky phrase really it is yeah. it is and you do have to what's I want to say this with, you know, as much care as I can, <laughs> but with family, you have to do it more where you just, sometimes you have to let things just go. You yeah. have to let things roll off your back. Mm -hmm. You have to realize that you, you just got to love them mm -hmm. and let it go. And sometimes, you know, you don't have to have the confronta confrontation. You don't have to have the argument. Mm -hmm. You just got to take it with a grain of salt, let it go and love them. Right. And th that's hard to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Especially when we get into those feelings. Yeah. Because <laughs> we our do feelings care. can be big. We care more about our feelings, unfortunately, than mm -hmm. we do others. So we're naturally going to do that. We're mm -hmm. naturally going to care when it comes to our, our self. Yeah. And we can be as selfless as we want to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, and be great at being selfless. But when it all boils down to it, sometimes those feelings, I mean, it's just natural and inborn. I mean, you don't have to teach a baby to be selfish. No. We're naturally inborn to have the feelings of selfishness, and you have to fight that. You mm -hmm. have to be willing to say, I do care. It's not that I care less, mm -hmm. but I do care. And then in doing that, you mm -hmm. can care less. You yeah. know, you can let go and right. care less about the situation, you know, you can let go of those frustrations. You can let go of the arguments. You can let go of things because you truly do care less mm -hmm. because you are letting go. Yeah. And I think that when we walk into a situation or when we look at life, and this is something I've tried to train my brain to do lately, like within the last few years, is just look at others and assume they have good intent. Yeah. Most people do, and I most, fully yeah. believe that. I, not yeah. everyone, but yeah. most people. There is not, I know there's a lot of evil in the world, yeah. but deep down, there are not a lot of evil people. There are good people who make bad choices, for sure. But overall, the people in my life, 
have good intent for my life, my family, like you, when I think about our relationship, you know, our children, my parents, your parents, our friends, like Mm -hmm. you're talking about our family, our friends, our circle, when the people you work with, when you think about those people, I work alone. Yeah, right. You do. You have a team (laughs) sort of, um, they have good intent. So, why would I assume that when I have a conversation with one of those people that they're walking away from that frustrated with me or disappointed in me when they love me and they have good intentions for me. And if I have hurt them in some way, if what I've said disappointed them or hurt them in some way, I would hope that they would come to me and tell me that. Yeah. And that's what we have to, we have to kind of put that trust out there in mm-hmm. order to quote care less about what other people think. We have to put that trust in them that if I do say something, I believe you have the best intentions. So I'm hoping you believe that about me, that if yeah. I say something that hurts you, you're not just like, she knows when she says that, that hurts me, yeah. but that you're believing I have the best intentions and I misspoke or I said that without thinking and that you're going to come to me and say, Hey, when you said that to me, it really hurt my feelings. Yeah. And then I will hopefully apologize for that. Like recognize that I read a book this summer on, it was um, about spiritual leadership and there was a chapter or a section in the book that talked about criticism so anytime you're in mm. leadership, you're going to be criticized. Oh, yeah. There's always someone who thinks they can do it better mm-hmm. or who thinks that you should be doing it differently or who is not going to agree with every decision you make or every way you're doing yeah. it. That's just the nature of leadership. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's always a critic. And what this book talked about is take that criticism and pray that God reveals if any, if there's any truth in that and even yeah. thank the person for bringing that criticism to you because that's for sure not what they're expecting you to do. Oh no. If they're bringing you a criticism, they're expecting you to be defensive. A lot of times they're kind of looking for a fight or an argument. Mm -hmm. They're expecting you to be defensive and they're ready to go to battle with you. Like they've probably thought about all the ways they can argue with you and all the answers that they have. They've already kind of had a little bit of a fight with you in their mind, you know? So when they bring you that criticism, thank them for bringing that to you because it is an opportunity for you to grow. Absolutely. And I had not really thought about it that much, but we are, you and I both are in a lot of leadership positions and have Mm -hmm. been for most of our adult lives. So when someone brings us a criticism about our leadership and even between you and I, sometimes we have to bring up stuff to each other about our marriage or about our parenting or just about, a way that we see the other one act or interact with someone. Like sometimes we have to bring a criticism. So Mm -hmm. instead of immediately getting defensive, we should thank that person. Mm -hmm. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. And whether you agree immediately or not, you should be thankful they brought it to your attention and then pray about it. Ask God to reveal to you. Is there truth in this? Is there, this is an opportunity for me to grow. So if there's truth in what they're saying, help me to grow. And that just really shifts my perspective on criticism. Yeah. And I think there needs to be a, a certain amount of self-awareness too. Oh yeah. Because you know, you, you can't just rely on somebody else coming to you and saying, Hey, you did this or you said it this way, or you, 
you know, acted this way, whatever, or, Mm -hmm. you know, giving criticism or giving, you know, hey, you hurt my feelings. There should be self-awareness to where when we say our words, I mean, obviously we should be practicing kindness with what we say and what we do, but there are times when we fail. Right. So what we need to be self-aware about is when we say those things, as soon as we spit them and spew them out of our mouth, Mm -hmm. we need to be self-aware and realize what we've done and be repentant or be, you know, ask forgiveness for the things that we've said on our own, because I think there's a lot of merit to that. I mean, yes, people do need to, you know, point it out to us so that we can have right relationships and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I think that there's a lot of merit to someone actually going, oops. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and that's what I was saying. I shouldn't have done that. Right. That's what I was saying earlier about being a people pleaser and sometimes like rehashing conversations I've had. Sometimes later that day or the next day, it's like I can't get it off my mind. And I feel like that might be the Holy Spirit prompting me that maybe I did say something that was not as nice as it could have been or it was too direct or something. And that's my opportunity to use that self-awareness that you're talking about and send a text or make a phone call or whatever it may be. And just be like, hey, when I said that last night, I I realized that that could have come across really rude and... I'm really sorry. I could have handled that better. You know, that, that can go a long way because maybe that person was doing what you've said and just kind of like, well, you know, it's not worth going to them about, I'm just going to sweep this under the rug or whatever. But yeah, being self-aware and just taking the initiative to not wait for someone to come tell you that you've hurt their feelings. Oh, don't forget about it. Yeah. (laughs) Because they don't. Yeah. (laughs) You've mentioned several times, I'm kind of concerned. Oh. <laughs> but you've mentioned several times that you have a lot of conversations yourself about it. Like you go back through and you talk through the conversation. No, it's just if you can't get the conversation out of your head. I didn't say I oh, talked to myself okay. about it. Okay. You're not being a very good listener. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't so, say I talked to Do you do about that it. though, for real? Like I've done that before. Like you'll go through. Oh, so now I should be concerned A situation. About no, no, listen. <laughs> you go through a situation where there is something that someone has offended you. And in your mind, you go through the entire conversation, how it will go. Oh, yeah. You know, and you're like, well, they're just going to respond like this. And they're just going to say mm-hmm. that. And, well, I should say this. And I, and you have this whole beautiful apology and you kind of <laughs> rehearse it. And then you're like, well, if I do that, then they're just going to blow this off and say this or say that. So, uh, Yeah, I've definitely done that. And I've also had arguments in my head with people yeah. that never even come to fruition. Yeah. Like, I'm just prepared that if I say this to them, they're going to argue or yeah, they're going to be. We preconceive, have yeah. a preconceived notion of what people are going to do and say. And yes, sometimes that may be true, but that doesn't mm-hmm. change or negate the fact that things still need to be said. Right. But and I do think a lot you of should... times I think it doesn't necessarily go as bad as what we've, it is in our head. What we blow it out of proportion yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Conjured up. And I think we need to be prepared if we're going to have a sit down conversation with someone. If someone, yeah. if there's a hard conversation that needs to be had, I don't think that you should just jump into that lightly. I think you should be conscious of yeah. the timing of that conversation. Like you and I have talked about that just in our marriage. Like we've purposed to not have a serious conversation late at night. Yeah. Like if one of us wants to bring something up 
have a hard conversation. It still happens, but yeah. It does, but it happens a lot less than it used to because we have had these conversations Mm -hmm. about trying to set boundaries around some of that stuff. And I think that being a little bit prepared, not going to the full extent of having a whole discussion and argument in your mind. I make note cards in it and go through it in the mirror before you get home. (laughs) Do you? Yeah. You're very prepared. It's like a speech. (laughs) So I get it down real good. You see, if I don't do that, then I don't get my, my, my full thoughts out. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, that makes me think, I know you're just joking. joking. Yes. He's just joking. He does not do that. (laughs) That would be hilarious if you are like, I really want to talk to you about something and you pull some note cards (laughs) cards out of your pocket. There have been times when I felt like doing that. I mean, I can really talk to you sometimes. (laughs) Well, here's the thing though. You and I are a lot alike, but when we do have arguments, yes, you can out talk me, but I, I mean, I can talk a lot too. Yeah. So it depends on how passionate I am about the topic mm-hmm. or how much I feel I have to say. But what happens a lot of times is I'll get maybe a third out of what I want to say and it's you, you've taken over and then I can't even remember what I started <laughs> with. It's gone. So, yeah, that's when I feel like, you know, some note cards. You need some note cards in your some pocket. Points. Yeah. But that does bring up a good point. Of writing out your thoughts. Yeah. I do think. I've done that before and thrown it away. Doing that. Burning. Or giving it to them. There's two different sides to that. Well, no, I mean, sometimes whenever you write it out, that's what I'm saying. I'll write out my thoughts and I'm like, okay, this isn't even worth talking about. Mm -hmm. Or, well, maybe I don't need to go to that extreme. Mm -hmm. And so then you just, okay, scratch that. Throw it away. And you can go back into the conversation with. A lot less to say mm-hmm. because you've kind of worked through you did some stuff. The, you excuse the term. You did the throwing up uh-huh. on the paper that was junk. Yeah, and then now you can come back to it with some dose of reality and have a legit civil conversation. Yes, that goes a whole lot better than if you throw it all up on your mm-hmm. partner or on a friend or whoever. Whoever that in that relationship, you know, yeah. Or, you know, in whatever general conversation you're having, you mm-hmm. know, whether it be a coworker or whatever, if you get the conversation out and get all the bad stuff that you want to say on paper. Yeah. And then throw it away and then go at it from, okay, let's, let's have a reality check yeah. here. You know, it doesn't and then have hopefully to be like that. that doesn't hopefully. Come out. Yeah. Now, sometimes that doesn't always work. Yeah. I think that's just good practice though. And it helps you become a better communicator oh, yeah. because you are, that's kind of like the being prepared thing, you know, yeah. go ahead and just get all that out, get all that yuck out. That's not going to make sense. It's just going to be sound like an attack on that person. It's okay that those are your feelings, Yeah. but we just need to be careful how we communicate that to other people because we do, well, we want resolve. Feeling, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is all 100% true. Yeah. You can't rely on your feelings. Because you feel so many different things mm-hmm. and from so many different angles. Again, that doesn't mean that that's not your feelings are your feelings. Yeah. You feel things for a reason. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that all those feelings are what is true. Exactly. And all those things are what actually happens. Yes. Um, and that's what typically ends up happening when you are in an argument mm-hmm. or maybe even a conversation. You know, it doesn't have to be an argument, but even if you're in a conversation, is when you start throwing out all those feelings, then you start throwing out feelings that of things that might not have even happened. 
mm-hmm. you've conjured up some of it in your head because yeah. you're so worked up about it that you just can't quit at that point. Right. And you're telling them what they were thinking. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said this. I don't remember saying yeah. that. Well, you when, said that. Mm-hmm. Did I? Or you or think this. Or you, you, you think that I'm just like this. <laughs> and it's like, No, I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think that. I never thought that. I never said I thought that. Where did you get that from? I it's don't just know. how you feel. <laughs> it's just how I feel. Uh-huh. That's different. Right. Um. So, yeah. I, I do think that has a lot to do with the careless syndrome that we're talking about. The mm-hmm. careless, let it go. Yeah, careless about the, like, you, that you're, quote, right. Yeah. Not that you aren't but maybe the way that you're trying to convey that you are but another topic of writing things out is writing things out to give to someone whether that be in a text message email actual handwritten letter but sometimes we do care so much about that other person but whenever we've tried to have this conversation with them it does spiral or it goes in a circle or maybe we're just embarrassed and we don't really know how to use our words well with this person for whatever reason i i'm fully okay with someone writing a letter just expressing Mm -hmm. their feelings getting it all out because i think that's a safe way to do it because you can be thoughtful right as you're writing the letter you can erase lines backspace start over Mm -hmm. and get your feelings out that way proofread (laughs) now that most of the time I would think would need to be followed up with a conversation but at least you've kind of gotten your quote side out or you've brought the topic up you have to be willing to accept that you might not get a response that's true yeah or you might not get the one you were wanting Mm -hmm. because that's where you can't control others you can't control what the that's why you have to care less yeah yeah exactly (laughs) You can't control what the flip side of that conversation is going to be mm-hmm. or where it's going to go. Um, it may not go anywhere. You may not hear anything in a response. And that's yeah. even in just even a verbal conversation. I mean, you yeah. and I have had that conversation many times where it's just like, okay, I need a response. Yeah. You know, I said something to you and you haven't said anything back. <laughs> I need a response. And, you know, that conversation you know, there are sometimes, especially in a marriage, where that necessitates a conversation again yeah. to say we need a response. But with people in general, you might not get one. Mm-hmm. It might just be like, okay, they got it off their chest. I'm not going to say anything again. You know, you might not get that response back. So yeah, you have to be okay with that. You're going to have to resolve that. Yeah. All right. I put it out there, but I can't control, you know, you can't force somebody to do something no. that they don't want to do. And that's hard. Yeah. It's hard because yep. sometimes we feel like when we're trying to do the right thing and we're trying to be in a right relationship or live our life in a right way and in a good way, it feels like other people should automatically reciprocate to that. And it can be challenging when you don't feel like they're doing the right thing, even though maybe they are. Yeah. But we see what's right in our own eyes and we're like, well, they should handle it like this. And I'm asking them to handle it like this. And yeah. They're not, you know, yeah. that's that can be tough. So what I'm hearing through most of this mm-hmm. is that to care less, we have to care more. Hey, look at you. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I think we do. We have to care more about others than ourselves. We mm-hmm. have to care more about what we say mm-hmm. than what we don't say or what we want to say. And we have to care more about what our actions are mm-hmm. than what others' actions are. So if we care more about those things, mm-hmm. then we will care less about 
what the reactions are. We're yeah. going to care less about what others do or what mm-hmm. others say because we know in our heart and in our mind that we care more about what that we're doing the right thing. Yeah. We're doing what we know we should do. We've thought about it. We've thought over our words. We've thought over our actions. We've thought over, you know, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And we know that we're handling it the best way we can possibly handle it. Look at you just summing it all up. There you go. I like it. Yeah. That was a good little just like recap of it all. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I don't even know what to say now. (laughs) I've officially left her speechless. (laughs) So, yeah, I do. I do think it's a, a definite thing that more people in this world should practice but unfortunately it doesn't doesn't happen too well as we We live in a world that is broken we live in a world that is full of people that just want to get their agenda their Mm -hmm. point across selfish like we mentioned you know Mm -hmm. they're you know and we see that day in and day out and we're inundated with it so much that it is hard to care less it is hard to care more Mm -hmm. for others and to care less about what's going on um and maybe that's why we do worry about it so mm-hmm. much, or some people do worry about yeah. it so much. They evaluate everything they said in that conversation mm-hmm. or everything they did at that party or whatever. And it's because we don't want to be like those people that we see oh, yeah. that are just very obviously selfish and yeah. really could care less about other people and aren't thinking about how they can make this world a better place. They're just thinking about mm-hmm. me, 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 and how can I get ahead and how can I have what I want and we do see that everywhere, yeah. like you said. And for for those of us who don't want to look like that, don't want to be like that, sometimes we can just over-evaluate everything we do because we don't want yeah. someone to think that we're selfish or that we're just in it for me, me, me. But like you're saying, if we are living authentically, if we are trying mm-hmm. to live by the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, yeah. if you're trying to live right, like with kindness and love, while also being your true self, your yeah. best self, then we can't worry about how others see that. Yeah. You know, if they want to label you with whatever label, a goody goody or yeah. a kiss up or, you know, sometimes yeah. you get those labels when you're just trying to be a good person or a kind person. Yeah. And that's where you have to care less because you oh. know that you're doing what's right. Mm-hmm. You've thought about it. You've prayed about it. You've sought godly wisdom about it or someone has gone before you down this path and you've conversed with them about the best way to go like if you know that you're walking the right path then you have to care less about what people are gonna say about you think about you and that can be tough that's for sure (laughs) but it really brings you a lot of peace that's what i have found in this last decade of being more vulnerable being more authentic trying to be more me I feel more peace, not Mm -hmm. in every moment. I mean, conflict is hard, but I just feel more peace at, I'm just who I am. Yeah. And who I am with you is who I am with my friends and who I am with our family is who I am at work. And I mean, you look different in your different roles, but at the core of who I am, I am Mm -hmm. everywhere. Yep. Yeah. And you can live that way much easier. When yeah. you're the same way when you have to, you know, and when you've, when you have to put on different masks for different places, that's mm-hmm. when you start getting 
just so many multiple personalities. Yeah. And it's not even the disorder part of it. It's just you literally can't keep up with who you are, where you are at every time. And you live not at peace because you're afraid your worlds are going to collide. Mm-hmm. Is what I have seen. I, I don't remember experiencing that a whole lot, but I, re- I know people who have. It's like they yeah. try to keep their different friend groups. Yes. Or family groups like completely separate mm-hmm. because there's such one way with this group and such another way with that other group that they don't oh, really absolutely. want those groups to intermingle. Yeah. And I don't feel like you and I have ever lived that life. And I'm grateful for that, mm-hmm. that we've always been able like, yeah, for I, the most part, I love just, it when my yeah. friends are friends with my friends. Like, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah, most part, I think it's, it's, a happy it's one thing. of those things where we have a lot of intermingling. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had, you know, friend groups that go to our church and then friend groups outside of church. And then we have a get together, you know, whether we've had it at the house or yeah. birthday parties or whatever. And everybody's welcome. And you're able to just have a good time because yeah. everybody shows up. They all get to know each other. They mm-hmm. know who you are. They know, you know what the situations are and there just doesn't there isn't that much of a disconnect there of right. oh I don't know that Craig or I don't know that Tiffany right <laughs> you know it's it it is different so you just called me Tiffany and that sounded I know, weird, that's weird. <laughs> you I, I noticed it after I said it I was like that's weird that is my name but you yeah. never call me that Tiff, <laughs> but but yeah and and that doesn't mean that in the past or at times that we haven't, you know, there there haven't been times where we've lived with a mask on because there might have been times when we were hurting or oh, times yeah. when we were going through things or yes. when we were just, you know, struggling or something like that to where, yeah, you don't let everybody see all the dirt. You don't right. let everybody see all the, the mess. You do have a few close friends that you do confide mm-hmm. in for things like that and you have accountability and things um, in things, but and honestly, most, you have to really care less what they think about you. Yeah, they're seeing all the ugly. Yeah, and so you're able to, you know, open up. But even what I, where I was going with that is, is even those friends, whenever the, you, you build that trust, because mm-hmm. even those friends, when they get together with the other friends and the other family and other stuff like that, you don't have to worry about that they're going to say something. That they're going to be yeah. like, "Well, did you know this?" Yeah, that's <laughs> so true. You, I mean, you do have to have that certain level of trust with them and you do have to have the ability to have that outlet mm-hmm. um, because it is hard not to live w- with a mask on and it is hard not yeah. to hide the pains of life and mm-hmm. the, the what's going on behind closed doors sometimes and you have to be able to, people just struggle with those things mm-hmm. and you have to be able to let that out to someone and have that outlet so that when you do, go to other people mm-hmm. you're probably not going to blow up at them because you're just so pinned up and angry about things yeah that that care less syndrome is now because you are just ready to bite somebody's head off or shoot somebody's <laughs> head off you know what I mean so you've been able to you know confide and yeah. you've been able to get those things out so I think there's a lot of importance to that and a lot of importance to you know being able to walk around with a clear conscience mm-hmm. being able to walk around with you know Truth, forgiveness, and, you know, again, just living, you know, who you are and living yeah. out who you know you should be. So, yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's so. easy to talk about it. Sometimes it's harder oh, to live yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. We get caught up in the moment sometimes. Absolutely. We have to yeah, because take a step back no and one's perfect and mm-hmm. we definitely haven't been perfect no. and have not lived this out in our lives. There's been lots of times that I've lived with a mask and there's been lots of times that I've lived frustrated mm-hmm. and that I've, you know, not been able to control my care less or care more to be able to care less. Yeah. Uh, I cared less and I was frustrated and I cared less and cared less and cared less until it makes it to where you don't truly care. Mm -hmm. You don't care about others. You don't care about their feelings. You don't care about what happens or what the consequences are. You just care less. So that's why I go back to, you have to care more to care less. Yeah. Because that's going to cure it more Mm -hmm. than if you just keep caring less. Yeah, because that's just going to that's that's the spiral down the drain mm-hmm. <laughs> is keep spiraling down, caring less, caring less, caring less, because you're and you're going to end up in the trash. Yeah. You're going to end up in the, the, Rock the nasty bottom. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're in the sewer system at that point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you yeah. cared less so much that you spiraled down to that nasty point that you just you don't make good decisions. Yeah, and who wants to be around you? Yeah. when you're acting like not that. Not at all. Not yep. not the right kind of people, that's for sure. So. So I guess that's why it resounded me and I, I may have heard that somewhere. I don't think I just made that up. But about caring the care more to, to care, care less. Uh-huh. I don't I don't know. Maybe I've heard that. I don't know. It just hit me in my brain whenever you were talking. It was like well, I thought it was That's very profound. So. I was very proud of you. Well, I, you know, I don't read a lot of books, so <laughs> it probably didn't come from a book. So I might have, I don't know. I might have heard it. So I don't know. Maybe I did make it up. I don't know. But whatever, it just, the thought came to my mind. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted to say that. But I, I do think theme. that is, yeah, it was the theme. And I do think that it, there is truth to that. Yeah. Uh, and if I did coin it, then I need to, you know. Copy, we'll copyright that copyright or something, that. but that, seriously, that may not be Craig's original quote. No, I would, <laughs> I, I would dare say it's probably not. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm not real good at quoting things, so I'm not really good about remembering where I heard it from, read it from, anything like that. Oh. But seriously, I do think that that is the answer to caring less is to care more, yeah. and then you can, you can care less. Mm-hmm. You can let it go mm-hmm. because you've you care more about what you, what what's going on and yeah and doing right in your own life and doing right yep mm-hmm. and making sure you're in the right headspace good All stuff right. i like it sarah thanks for that topic um idea yeah i feel like we just took that and rolled with it i hope that people are encouraged by listening to this maybe inspired a little we really appreciate all of you tuning in yep so until next time bye everybody bye That's all for this episode of the How To Gurus. Hope you, all the gurus out there enjoyed listening to us as we just get to share life with you guys and to be able to talk about just the things that come to our mind. Uh, sometimes it might be a little bit crazy, but hopefully you all enjoy it and hopefully you get something out of it. So until next time, don't forget to like us and share us on all your favorite podcasting apps and just uh, help spread the word. Thank you.